That was one of the first songs that we ever taught our children to sing. And we have this habit of choosing songs after dinner time to sing. And when our kids were really young and they would make a request for a song, they would call this song, Not I Love You, Lord, because they didn't know that name. They called it Sweet Sweet Sound. That's what Sarah used to call it. And, um, you know, we just need to be reminded that it is a sweet, sweet sound in our Heavenly Father's ears to hear his children saying back to him, I love you. Because he's been saying I love you to us since the moment we were born. His love called us into being. His love went to a cross for us. His love poured out in his spirit is drawing us. And so he's longing for us to say I love you back. And so this morning we get to hear three people say that in a special way. I'm going to invite you to have a seat. And um, Evan and Peter and Sarah, would you please come join me up here? There are many ways and times that we can say, I love you to the Lord. But professing your faith publicly is saying, I believe in you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I want to invite my family, my church family to share in that profession of faith. And I want to invite their prayers and their ongoing accountability to my following the Lord Jesus. And um, I've got to tell you, that I can remember the day that I professed my faith. And I remember uh, many times around that hearing my own parents say, you know, there's, there is, there's just no greater joy in the world. Nothing can compare with seeing your child say yes to the Lord. And I heard those words and they registered, but now they really register. Now they come from my own heart and not just for these two, but for this one who's been like a younger brother and whom I've had the chance to pour into as well and love very deeply. Um, So there may be a few tears this morning. But let me tell you how we think this is going to go. Each of them will get a chance to share a snapshot into their faith story. Um, They're following the Lord and who God's made them to be. And we'll start with Sarah and Peter and then Evan. And after they've each shared, then I'll ask them some questions and they'll respond by saying, I do, God helping me. And then we'll have a time of praying for them. And we're going to pray for them separate because tomorrow morning, Evan leaves for Tokyo. And so we're going to commission him. He's going 10 days, 10 days with Jay Knobloch. And they're going to be doing some outreach and some evangelism. And I'll share a few more things that, that we can pray for Evan and for the team. So we'll pray for Peter and Sarah separate. And then we'll pray for Evan And uh, when we pray for them, I'll invite anyone who'd like to come forward and lay a hand on them and join in the prayer. And if you don't want to come forward, you can just pray from where you are, extend a hand, but pray as the Lord leads. Prayer is um, open here at Gold Avenue Church, and we all just use our voices, pray from where we are. So, Sarah, here's the microphone you're going to use. And is this a good height for you? Good morning. So I was baptized when I was a baby and grew up going to church and being taught about Jesus. Not just by the church, but a lot by my family too, which has been and is such a blessing to me. When I was seven years old, I remember a time when I was sitting in my closet with my sister and we were talking to each other about Jesus. We were praying and singing a song that we made up. As we talked to each other, I welcomed Jesus into my heart. And I remember telling my mom and dad I felt really happy and joyful, just like I do now. 
I'm happy because I love the Lord, but especially because I know how much he loves me. Some of the things I really appreciate about God are, I'm thankful that he always loves us, no matter what, because he is love. First John 4, verse 16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. I'm also thankful that we don't have to worry because he takes care of us. In Matthew 6, Jesus says to us, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Look at the birds of the air. Do they, they do not stow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And I'm also thankful that he forgives our sins. First John 4, verse 10 says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I'd also like to tell you a couple of ways that I've experienced God working in my life these last few years. Several years ago, we read a missionary biography about Mary Slessor. For the last couple of years since reading it, Rachel and I have had a desire to visit Niger. Then about a year ago, we, we, we decided to start raising money for the people of Niger. So we created Sarbo, Sarah and Rachel's Bible organization. And we began to make and sell things like pictures and to have auctions to raise money. Altogether, we have raised over $200. Another way that I see God working in my life is in my love for beauty and creating things. I like to write. I love color and making pictures. I like music, especially in playing my violin for people. I like to make things and give them to people. And I love dance. My mentor suggested doing a dance, so I'm going to dance to the song By the Power of Your Love before the sermon. And when I heard this song, this, these words stood out to me. As your will unfolds in my life, they make me think of how I'm letting God's will unfold in my life as I profess my faith. He loves me and I love him, but he also wants me to tell other people about my faith and love for him. And so I'm telling you, I love the Lord. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Please step here. Head over here. Mm-hmm. Good morning. So I'm growing up in a very Christian home, being taught, being read Bible stories, and was taught to pray. But until I was about seven years old, I was just saying, I was just saying words, because that was what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Then one morning, as I listened to my parents praying. I realized that there's something more to praying, that it was actually talking to someone. So that evening, I pictured Jesus in front of me and asked him to help me to talk to him. And suddenly, it felt like he was right there. I talked to him a lot that night and every night after. Sometimes he shows me a spot where I can grow or change. For example, I want to be a politician, the right kind. (laughs) (laughs) And enjoy making up speeches and arguments on different points while falling asleep at night. One night, while I was doing that, I was doing that, and something felt wrong. I couldn't tell what, so I stopped and went to sleep. That was a Saturday. The next day, we went to church. I'm sure it was no coincidence that my dad preached a sermon that that morning on giving your life up to Jesus. Right then, I realized two things. First, I had wanted to be a politician, but had not asked Jesus what he wanted me to be. And second, that I had forgot to pray about what had been bothering me the other night. So as soon as we got home, I told Jesus I still wanted to be a politician, but more than that, I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. After that, I would still make up speeches, but felt more at peace. Versions of this keep happening in different ways.
Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. This brings me deep peace, especially as I listen to my grandpa talking about what's going on in the government and the rest of the world. God the Father is someone who is in control of everything, who sees and guides the bigger picture. Hebrews 2 verse 17 says, For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, that he might become a merciful and faithful prophet in the service of God. Jesus is a friend who I can tell everything anytime and he completely understands it. Words cannot express how much I love him. He's not only my savior, he's my best friend. Two ways that I've really experienced the Lord working in my life are He's given me a strong sense of right and wrong. I care about discernment. I care about truth and justice. I know that what's true doesn't come from the majority, but from God and His Word. And I know that these things come from God's Spirit within me. I also really like to encourage people by doing or making things for them. I write notes or make pictures or poems. I regularly make cookies for people or do things without being asked because I like to help and encourage. God has poured out so much of His Love on me, and now I can see that I'm not only receiving it, but also sharing it. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Can I go a little fast? <laughs> it's okay. Hey, stay here. Hey, hey. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I thought a lot about sharing my testimony, my story, but I realized this is a profession of my faith, and the story is part of that. I grew up similar to these kids. My dad was not a pastor, but my grandpa was. I asked Jesus into my heart when I was six, and I spent the next 18 years hungering for Jesus, wanting intimacy with Jesus, and looking nearly everywhere but here for Jesus. Two years ago, two years ago 2017... January 1st, I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. I'd been looking for Jesus in everything the world had to offer, and I couldn't find him. Every pleasure I could find, I went for. I couldn't find him. Good and bad. The sinful and the righteous. But the righteous are unclean because they're not through Jesus. I was looking for the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I was looking for adventure. I swam in every mountain river I could swim in. I climbed to the tops of mountains. I swam in the ocean. I nearly killed myself swimming in Lake Superior when the waves were gigantic because I wanted to experience the power of God because I wanted to know Jesus. So I got baptized January 1st, 2017. In that Lenten season, I started praying about the cost of discipleship that Jesus talks about. You come to me, you must hate your mother, father, brother, sister, even your own life more than me if you want to be my disciple. So I sold my wood lathe, my woodworking equipment. I started fasting and praying. I went to the cemetery down the street and just sat there and prayed with the Lord. What would you have me do? What would you have me give up? He put it on my heart continuously that you can come to me with nothing. You have nothing to offer me. You must come empty and naked. You want to walk with me, you must come with nothing. We have nothing to offer him. 
Sold a lot of my possessions, not all of them. Prayed about selling my tree climbing gear. I was a professional tree climber, professional certified arborist. Have a degree in forestry. Have a 2015 Toyota Corolla. I was praying about selling that. Lord, whatever you would have, whatever you would have. If I trust in these things, I'll give them away because I want to trust in you. It's insecure. And I feel that in my heart when I get anxious, when I'm afraid. I'm putting my trust in things that are not eternal. Went through a series of different jobs and the Lord was leading me through each one, different opportunities to make mistakes and learn about him and go draw closer to him and draw closer to him. But long story short, over the course of a year and a half, um, I started my own tree climbing business, really in kind of rebellion. He's calling me in to trust him and I'm like, I gotta start my own business so I can support myself here, Lord. Don't worry. It's like a fishing net. What does Jesus say? He says, follow me. And they leave their fishing nets. They drop them. They leave their fathers. And they follow Jesus. So, I had sold my woodworking equipment. Um, went through all my hobbies, all my dreams, all my passions, all my relationships. And just said, whatever you have, Lord. Um, since then, I've sold my tree climbing gear. Um, I've given up my arborist certification. Uh, I sold my car. And he's giving himself to me. I get to experience the joy of walking with the eternal king. And not putting my trust in anything else. Because anything else is insecure. It's going to perish. It's temporary. So whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I count everything as loss because of your surpassing worth. The surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order to gain that I'm, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Not having a joy of my own that comes from the world. Not having a pleasure of my own that comes from things that are temporary. But that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And may share his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Thank you, Evan, for being candid and sharing a part of your journey and your story with us. We praise God for the grace that draws and woos and woos and draws us to faith, but also to steps of discipleship. So he works with each one of us differently, and we can hear him working with you in the way he's calling you to this radical uh, lifestyle of faith. And he's preparing you for something in and through that. He has different callings, different giftings, and different vocations for each one of us as we serve him. And he prepares each of us differently. Right? We're all on a path of discipleship, but he's taking you somewhere. And a part of that somewhere is tomorrow 
where you're going to live out your faith on the streets of Japan. And so this requires a radical trust to enter another culture and not know the language and be willing to share Jesus that way. So we praise God for the way he's been working in you, and we praise God for the way he's been working in Sarah and the way he's been working in Peter. And I'm going to um, read each of you some questions now to which you'll answer, the Lord, the Lord willing, you'll answer, I do God helping me. So, Evan, Sarah, Peter, do you renounce Satan and his power in the world which defies God's righteousness and love? Do you renounce the ways of sin that separate you from the love of God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to redeem the world? And do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from your sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as Lord of your life? Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God revealing Christ and his redemption and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? Do you intend to be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love to your life's end? Do you accept with the gracious promises of God sealed to you in your baptism? And do you affirm your union with Christ and his church, which your baptism signifies? Last, do you promise to do all that you can with the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your love and your commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of the church, honoring and submitting to its authority, And do you join with the people of God in doing the work of the Lord everywhere? Peter, what is your answer? Sarah, what is your answer? Evan, what is your answer? Then Evan, Sarah, and Peter, we welcome you into the full life of Christ's church. Its responsibilities, its joys, and its sufferings. May the Lord Jesus himself strengthen you with his Holy Spirit to fulfill each of the promises that you've made today. He is faithful and he will never leave you.